any other sort of device with you, please do turn to Galatians uh, chapter 6. And what we're going to be looking at today is the last preach in our series, Freedom Shout. (laughs) Pretty sure you said the same thing last time I said that, Alice. It's good. I like it. Um, I, I, I was speaking to someone the other day and I, was, I said, oh, oh, you know, I'm thinking about who to invite to the carols. And, and then I suddenly realised, oh no, the carols are literally next Saturday. I thought it was like a month yeah. away or like two months away. And, suddenly I was, and now today the carols have already been and it's like time is going so unbelievably quickly at the moment. It's a little bit... Uh, scary. I feel a little bit the same way with our Freedom Shout series. We've, we've really dug into it. Right at the beginning I said we're going to dig into it, we're not going to rush it. But at the same time, I feel, oh, we're at the end of the book already. And I personally uh, just think it's been such a privilege to be going through this book and really getting stuck into it on Sundays, sometimes at small groups, and, and just really understanding a bit of the message of the book of Galatians. Uh, we, we called the series Freedom Shout because right the way, the heartbeat, the drumbeat, the message through the book of Galatians is again and again and again this freedom cry. Now, I've called today's uh, preach Pens Down. It'll become clear why. Now, you may remember, top, top marks if you do, uh, that... The first preach that we did when we started the Freedom Shout, I introduced this man here, Miguel Hidalgo. And this, this guy was a Mexican priest a couple of hundred years ago, and he uh, was known for La Grita, which means the freedom, the cry of freedom, the Freedom Shout. Basically, what happened was the Me- Mexico was under Spanish rule and you had a lot of peop- uh, Mexicans either enslaved or in prison. And this priest one day did La Grita, cried freedom, the freedom shout. And that really started uh, the Mexican independence and the slaves were let free and the prisoners uh, let out. And, and what I said is that this one... like. One prayer for me, one hope for me, as we go through this book of Galatians, is that we learn la grita, that we learn the freedom shout, that we learn the cry of freedom, both for ourselves, both that we, that we learn that the freedom shout is something that we need to understand, that it's not about what we've done, it's not about whether we're good, it's not about whether we're bad, it's all about Jesus, it's all about the grace of God, and... And also, we learn to shout the freedom shout over other people. La grita over other people. Not literally screaming, freedom, over people. Because that would be weird and strange and people would never come back. Uh, but but the, when we see people, we, we learn to, to cry freedom over them. To, to love them. You know, no matter how their week has been. Good, bad. No matter what they look like. No matter what they can offer, just like us, just like we've received the gospel, we also get to give the gospel. Just like we've received freedom, we get to give freedom. And uh, reflecting on the series, I think it's actually like we've seen people come to know Jesus over this series. I think we've seen people who have really heard the message of grace 
I remember right at the beginning, uh, I spoke to one person. I've never really heard the message of grace before. And so we've, I, I think we've seen people understanding, wow, freedom, freedom, freedom. Everything Jesus did was to set me free. And, and, you know, and, and we've seen a load of other stuff through the book as well. So, some highlights for me, there, was, there is loads and I can't recap it all in the next 15 minutes. But some highlights for me were we're, we're sons. I, f- I feel that that was something that really, really spoke to me. That, you know, God loves us like, you know, we are his sons. And when we come to God, he's not like, oh, it's you again. Oh, you're singing to me again. Oh, it's like, I love you. I love to hear you singing to me. I love to be in your presence. I love that you want to be in my presence. That was something that just really spoke to me. We also found out that, that as, as adopted sons, we get filled with the Spirit. And that we don't need to live the Christian life on our own. It's not, Josh, you're gonna, you, know, you need to do this, you need to do that. It's all about you now. I've set you free, but now you need to work really hard. It is life in the Spirit. And we learned that quite recently. That, that what, does, what does the life of freedom look like? Do we all sort of like, like Christians like walking around, bumping into each other, not really knowing where to go, not really knowing what to do? Do we just do, kind of like do everything because we're free now? And we found out, no, the life of a Christian and, and the, the role of freedom is to set us free to serve one another in love. And it's this beautiful picture of the church loving one another. No matter what... You know, no matter where people are coming from, no matter what people can offer, but serving one another in love. We've been freed to become slaves to one another in love. We learned about that a few weeks ago. And I thought that was amazing. We also, I remember hearing about standing firm in freedom. We, we, we quite often, the world teaches us that, you know, you need to be good. You need to do this. You need to do that. And so the message of freedom, the message of grace is countercultural. <laughs> So we go outside and we hear, I need to be good, I, mean, I need to do this, I need to do that. And so we need to learn, no, we need to stand in the freedom. We need to stand in the grace of God. Uh, when I was at university, I went, walked in rivers quite a lot uh, because I did an outdoor education degree. And so not just because I liked walking in rivers, because I was crazy, you know, some people drink, I just went for walks in rivers. Um, I... Yeah, so I did this outdoor education course, and some rivers are fine, you sort of walk through, there's no flow, there's no current, so it's very easy to walk through them. Other rivers, you find out pretty quickly that you need to take a stand, you need to take a stance, because the river is so powerful, that if you sort of like walk through like this, like you can in some rivers, you'll just get completely washed downstream. And I did, of course, learn the hard way. And it's a little bit like that with the freedom shout. It's a little bit like that with grace. We learn you need to stand in freedom because people will try and rob. And we see, we see this right the way through the book. Oh, you need to do that. Oh, great with Jesus, but you need to do that. Oh, great with Jesus, but you need to do that. No. Stand in freedom. And actually even sometimes ourselves, we can be like our worst enemy. Oof. No, I had a really great week. Pretty sure God doesn't love you at the moment. Stand in freedom. You know, there's a whole bunch of things that we've learned through the book. And it's been such a privilege to go through it. And so it's with a little bit of a heavy heart that we're going to be looking at it for the last time uh, today. But if you do have your Bibles open, sorry, just adjust that. Uh, we're going to read from Galatians 
6 verse 11. too bad. I thought it was super small. It's actually okay. It is on the screen behind you. Okay, so verse 11, chapter 6. See with what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. Okay, we're going to pause there just for one minute before we go for the rest. Or, uh, we go, we'll go through the rest. Um, I just thought it was helpful to pause here and just notice that something has changed. That through the rest of the book of Galatians, Paul who's the author, someone who had heard the freedom shout. Actually, Paul was a guy who was dead against Christianity, dead against everything that Jesus taught, you know, dead against it. Yet one day Jesus met with him. He shouted freedom, la grita, over Paul. And then Paul's life was changed around, planting churches, raising up leaders, writing letters to churches. And so this Paul has has written this letter to the Galatians, but he obviously has someone scribing for him, a PA or, or something, writing the letter, and he is dictating. So he's saying, this is what I want you to say, and someone's saying, But here something changes. He says, see with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. What happens is he grabs the pen, and he starts to write. Now, Commentators like to speculate. It's not completely clear why this happens, but commentators like to speculate on why Paul starts to write in big letters. Some would say that he has bad eyesight, and so much like my grandma, when I write her a birthday card, I write like, Happy birthday. <laughs> you normally get about three letters on the card. Um, and she, re- she replies, Happy. So it could be bad eyesight. We find out in other, in other places in Scripture that Paul probably had bad, bad eyes. He could just be bad at handwriting. And so, you know, commentators would say, oh, he just was bad at handwriting, so he wrote big. The third uh, possibility, which most commentators would probably land on, is that Paul's trying to make a point. There's something that he's about to say that is, like, so important. I need to write this in big handwriting so that the people who receive this letter understand this is really from Paul and this is really important. It's a little bit like, uh, you know, if we're writing on a computer and putting bold or underline. That's what some commentators would say. I work in this school. This is the school I work in. I work with behaviour. So I am, like, if there's naughty kids... I get involved. And I often go around classes and make announcements. So the other day there was an emergency where we had to evacuate the school because there was a leak. So it's very exciting. And it was an emergency. Um, and, so, and to get the class's attention, when I walk in, they you know, they know that um, you know, they, they see me come in. And what I will often do to get everyone's attention, if it's something really important, like an emergency, like a, like a leak, like a water leak, <laughs> very, very serious, um, what, what I will do is I'll look at everyone and I'll say, right, pens down, close your books, look at the front. And literally, I just stare at people like this until everyone puts their pen down. I love it. I give them like a horrible look. And eventually everyone puts their pens down because I want everyone's focus on me because I've got something important to say. There's a water leak. School finishes early. Way, yeah. Don't run, you slip. Um, <laughs> that would be classic. Um, I 
think what we see here is Paul saying, pens down, eyes to the front, shut your books. There's something here that I want to say that is super, super important. You see, Galatians is a wonderful book, as I've explained. At times, to be honest, it can be pretty complicated, can be a little bit difficult to understand. Generally, when there's been a difficult piece of scripture to understand, I've either given it to Alid or, here, you can preach this one. <laughs> Dad preached a couple. There you go. I'll go for the simple ones. I'm a simple guy. Uh, but, you know, it's a wonderful book, slightly complicated sometimes. I think what Paul is about to say, as we're going to get on to, is actually a bit of a key to understanding the whole book. If there's one thing you want to get out of Galatians, it's actually what we're going to look at over the next 15 minutes, over the next 10 minutes. And it's a key to understanding the book of Galatians and actually much further, the story of the Bible, the story of your life, the story of what, why did, why did, why did uh, God call you in? What, what, what's the point? Why are we here? I think we, we get onto it. It's the mo- this is the most important thing. Um, and I think that's why Paul wrote with big letters in his own hand, bold, underline, pens down, face the front. So let's read. Uh, verse 12. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it for me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them, and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Brothers, amen. So I would suggest that in this piece of scripture, we get the key to understanding the book of Galatians. And I think you can actually shrink it down to just one word. And the word is boast. Who do you boast in? The whole message of Galatians, the whole understanding of Galatians, centres on this word, boast. Who do you boast in? And Paul does one final time bring a contrast. As we've found throughout the series... Paul loves his contrasts, this and that, this and that, this and that. Here he has one final one. He has the Judaizers, the guys who have come into the church and said, oh, Jesus has saved you, that's great, now you need to get circumcised, now you need to start doing this, now you need to start doing that, and adding to the gospel, Jesus plus us. And then he has himself. Someone who says, it is all about Jesus. And so what I want to do is look quickly at what boasting in self looks like. 
then I want to look quickly at what boasting in Jesus looks like. And then we're going to finish with worship. And we're going to break bread today. And we're going to, um, we're going to take communion and we're going to enjoy Jesus. So first of all, boasting in self. So as I've already said, I, I work in this school. And one of the great things about working with kids is that you hear them say some pretty funny things. So, as you may see, I have had my hair cut this week, and I went, on, I went in on Wednesday, and a kid came up to me and said, oh, Mr. Bai, you have a nice haircut. And he, and he was like, do you ask the hairdresser to do these bits here? <laughs> That's actually what, he said. actually what he said. I said, uh, no, unfortunately not. This is, this is not a personal choice. This just kind of happens to some people when you get old. Um, so, and, 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 I mean, if you work in school, you, you hear these sorts of things. And another thing... <laughs> Another thing that um, you'll hear kids uh, do a lot, and I'm pretty sure that we all did this at one point in our childhood, is boast. Uh, you know, my daddy's got a nicer car than your daddy. My daddy's got a nicer, you know, better job than your daddy. Or, or maybe personally, like, I'm the king of the castle when you're the dirty rascal. And there's all these different types of boasting that you just you hear in the playground. There was, yeah, so that obviously happens in school, that obviously happens when you're young. It's just a very natural, like you don't get taught how to boast. It's just like a natural thing. As a child, they start to learn. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm better than you at this. You know, and so boasting is very much part of childhood. But I would suggest that boasting doesn't just stop at childhood. That when you're finished with the playground in school, you don't suddenly stop boasting. But actually, that we live in a world that is like centered around boasting about, you know, being the best, being the strongest, being the smartest, being the wealthiest. I'm the best. Um, you know, when you apply for work, when you do your, fill out your job application, you're encouraged. Make the most out of yourself. Boast. Give that little extra qualification and see if you can get away with it. And then, you know, you get the job. And then when you're working, you know, often having fika or in the staff room or conversation, you'll, you'll hear people boasting about, oh, this is what I do. This is how I, you know, this is how I live. This is where I'm going on a holiday in the summer. And people so often uh, boast. Facebook Social media, like, it's painful. Like, it can be used for really good things, so don't get me wrong, but so often people use it for boasting. This is, you know, this is the meal that I'm eating. This is where I'm going. This is my group of friends. And, and it's just, it's just a, it's amazing opportunity for people to say, hey, look how great I am. Look how great my life is. Everyone else's life sucks. My life is the best. And here's proof with all these photos of steak for dinner. But... Boasting doesn't just happen outside of the church. It can also creep into the church. Because remember, we're looking at Galatians. Who was Galatians written to? The church. And there's people at the beginning who are boasting. When we started our church in Lancaster, so before Nina and I were here, we lived in a city in North England uh, called Lancaster. And uh, myself and Rob, another guy who led the church, went to meet a pastor of another church, and he said, the reason we started our church is because no one else can preach the Bible, and so we're preaching the Bible properly. And it's like this massive boast 
and it's like we were like wow okay that's not why we're here to plant a church um and but actually like i personally feel that i i've gone on a journey and sometimes you know i can i can fall into a slip i can slip into boasting about the church sometimes even i mean we had an amazing time yesterday at carols didn't we absolutely amazing 60 odd people which is amazing considering three years ago it was just becky on her own over here it's amazing we've gone from one <laughs> one to one to 60 people at a carols it's just really amazing and what can be really tempting to do is say wow we are great we did a really good job you know Alid, it was because of my music or you know because of our organization or because i'm such a friendly person and that's why everybody came and it can be a real temptation to boast in self In verse 12, verse 13, what we see is a bit of a funny reason to boast, but a reason nonetheless. These people that have, these Judaizers, these people who have come into the church are boasting about the amount of people they've like seen get circumcised. So it's a little bit of an interesting one, probably something that no, no one's struggling with here, I imagine. <laughs> I guess how many people are so circumcised last year. <laughs> but actually we're seeing boasting here we live in a world that is surrounding that is just passionate about boasting outside there and actually inside the church and what is boasting it's just saying this is how good I am this is what I have done this is what I am confident in. It's me. It's self-centred. I am my own saviour. It is all about me. So we have Paul's first contrast is the people who boast in themselves, who brag in their own ability. Then on the other side, we have... Uh, Verse 14, but far be it from me to boast, except, which is interesting, we are okay to boast, because elsewhere in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, let the one who boasts, so it's obviously okay to boast, so we're getting like a mixed message from Paul, but far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is it. Pens down, face forward. This is what Paul is saying. Boast in Christ. This is the message. This is, this is the fundamental message of Galatians. Boast in Christ. It is all about Jesus. Everything. We serve Jesus and it is all about him. I, uh, I thought worship was amazing today, where we just heard time after time, scripture after scripture, Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's all about him. The songs we sung, it's all about him. Brilliant. Don't boast in your own accomplishments, in your own achievements. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Boast in Christ. Uh, this is what John Stott, who is a Bible scholar, says about this piece of scripture. The cross for Paul was not something to escape, 
but the object of his boasting. The truth is that we cannot boast in ourselves and in the cross simultaneously. If we boast in ourselves and in our ability to save ourselves, we shall never boast in the cross and in the ability of Christ crucified to save us. We have to choose. Only if we have humbled ourselves as hell-deserving sinners shall we give up boasting of ourselves, fly to the cross for salvation, and spend the rest of our days glorifying in the cross. Amazing uh, quote that, I think. Boast in the cross. And if you think about it, it's a bit of a strange thing to boast in. Boast in the cross? Wasn't the cross like, you know, a form of execution? Yes, it was. And in fact, in the day, it was the worst, most extreme uh, form of, of putting someone to death. So if we put it into our culture today, it'd be like saying, boast in the electric chair or boast in the lethal injection. And you sort of think, what? What are you talking about, Paul? That's pretty crazy. But... But the reason we boast in the cross is because at the cross, Jesus poured out the wrath. Um, God poured out his wrath on Jesus for us. It, that is the central point. That it's, the, it's, the, it's the beginning of La Grita for us. It's the beginning of the freedom shout for us. It's the place that we all deserve to be. We all deserve the wrath of God. We all deserve death, punishment, because we all chose ourselves rather than God. But God so loved the world that he sent his only son to what? Be a nice person, to you know, like, do some nice things and then sort of like vanish? Mm. To go to the cross for us. It's at the cross where we get called sons because he received the wrath of God. And so that's why we get to boast in the cross. That's why we get to boast in Christ. Because it is at the cross that everything was finished, completed, begun in terms of our adoption as sonship. It's an amazing, amazing uh, place, even though it's like a horrible place as well. So, quite simply, the 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 incredible miracle I think of becoming a Christian, if you want to kind of define becoming a Christian, I would say that it goes you you, you go from self looking at self, boasting in self, to boasting in someone else. Which is a little bit odd, really, when you think about it. We, you know, we're, we're worshipping and we're singing and we're living our life for someone else. And there's not many people that do that. Most people live life for themselves. But the amazing thing about Christianity and becoming a Christian is that you say, I want to die. I, I want to stop boasting in myself. <coughs> I want to boast in someone else. I want to boast in Christ. I want to boast in the cross of Christ. 
I want to live my life passionate about Jesus, passionate about what he has done. And so what it means is that your emotional stability and your predominant thoughts do not rely on who you are as a person, on how much money you have, on how much money you don't have, on yesterday's football results, which is very good for me, because I'd be a wreck. (laughs) Our emotional stability predominantly relies on the cross of Christ because it is there that he won our freedom. It is there that he received the wrath of God. It is there that he received our punishment. If the cross didn't happen, if that didn't happen, then yeah, we would have to be really worried about who we are. But we don't because Jesus took our place. And so we get to boast in that. So what we're going to do, yeah, I mean, Paul, he really, he, we're going to worship in a minute. Paul lands this whole book in boasting in Christ, boasting in the cross. I just, I, I want us to be a people who boast in Jesus, who look to Jesus, who live life for Jesus. Nothing else matters, guys. It really doesn't. Nothing else matters. In fact, Paul's able to say, I'm dead to the world. The world's dead to me. It doesn't matter how much. Paul had a lot of money at times. He didn't have so much money. Sometimes Paul was free. Sometimes he was imprisoned. He said that 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 stuff does not matter. It just doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is Jesus Christ. The only thing that I'm going to boast about is Jesus Christ. The only thing I want to live my life for is Jesus Christ. Friends, folks, family, that is what being a Christian is. Focusing 100% on Jesus. Yes, it's nice to have a little bit of money and it's nice to not be in prison and stuff like that. But that's, but that's not where you get your stability. It's all in the cross of Christ. It's all on what he did. And it's amazing. It really is amazing. This message is beautiful. This message is something that our world needs. This message is something that we need. Our freedom was won by Jesus, King Jesus. Why do I, Ali probably gets annoyed with me, I'm always like, hey, make sure we sing songs that sort of like worship and glorify Jesus, is that not true? It's true. Yeah, he probably hates me. <laughs> it's true. But the reason is because there's nothing else to boast in. It's all about Jesus. It really is. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how clever you are. Perhaps you're really smart, brilliant. Perhaps you're not so smart, brilliant. Doesn't matter. I will boast in the cross of Christ. I would love us to be a people who are so confident in Jesus. So confident that he has won our sonship, our freedom at the cross. That we are like just boasting in Jesus. Do you know what? Sometimes life is tough. In those times, boast in Christ. Sometimes life is great. In those times, boast in Christ. Because that is predominantly where we get our hope, our security, everything. In the fact that at the cross, Jesus won. We're going to worship. So if you want to come and get yourself uh, self ready, please. I, 
What I thought would be a great way to finish is to break bread and drink uh, wine, grape juice. <laughs> it's wine. <laughs> I promise. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, why, why, why do we do that? Well, Jesus said just before the cross, just before his, you know, his last supper, his last meal, just before this was about to happen, just before he knew that he was going to the cross, he knew that this boasting moment that we now can do was just about to happen. And he said this, he said, take this bread, it's my body, remember me, boast in me. He said, take this wine, grape juice, it's my blood shed for you, remember me. So what we're doing now is we're remembering Jesus. We're boasting in him. We say, what we're doing right now, we're saying it wasn't my body. It wasn't my blood. It was Jesus. It was his body. It was his blood. And that's who we boast in. It's just an incredible gospel. It's amazing. Jesus is amazing. The whole book of Galatians is freedom, freedom, freedom. Jesus is so good. We can get excited about that. We really can. We can, we, can, we can get a hope from that. We can get everything from that. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I could go on talking about how good Jesus is, but I'm not. I think it's good to worship. So we're, gonna, we're actually going to sing a couple of songs uh, at the end now, because I think it'd be great to focus on God <coughs> and worship. And perhaps after we've sung the first song, so we'll worship together, we'll sing the first song, and then what I would just please encourage you how should we do this let's sing the first song um, and then we can start getting some bread and wine and this is not a religious thing this is sons coming to a father and so let's uh, let's you know mix around share it with other people pray for each other but also worship Jesus because it's all about Jesus okay please do stand
we do that, feel free to come, take some bread, take some grape juice, and, uh, and let's enjoy God, enjoy Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. We
God, we thank you that at this time of year, especially around the world, people remember Jesus. Lord, I just pray that more people will hear the, the message of freedom over their lives this Christmas period. More people will see that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. That he is the light in the darkness. That he is the hope to the hopeless. God, God we want to, I pray for us as a church plant. Lord, may we get more and more in love with Jesus. May we get better and better at boasting in Jesus. May we get better and better at saying it is all about you, Jesus. Any success we see, any failure we see, it doesn't matter because it is all about you. Come, Lord. Knit that into our hearts. I pray knit that into my heart. I pray knit that into everyone's heart that's here and everyone's heart that's not here this morning. That we will be a people who boast in Christ alone, in his cross. Come, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Okay. Okay. So that is book shut. The end of Galatians. <laughs> can I just encourage you? Like, obviously, I think over Christmas it'd be great if you can read through Galatians again. And there's just so much truth. To it. I'm sure as you read through it, you'll remember the thing, and oh, that pops up, and this pops up. Such, such a good thing to be able to do, because it is, yeah. I've said enough. <laughs> and we're going to start from the beginning again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what am I even doing? Preach number two. That was just half time. No, it's not. Uh, I'm only joking. Yeah, it's good. Have an amazing break. Uh, like, it is really important to rest. Resting is a good thing. Uh, God rested, so we need to rest as well. So do that. Um, enjoy Jesus. Enjoy friends, family, food, drink, presents. Enjoy, enjoy that stuff. Um, and see you guys next year. 2018. Is it 18? 19? It is 18, isn't it? It is 18. <laughs>